it's taken us well not us a while because i've um i've been interested in this next guest for some time not in a creepy way uh just that there is a fair bit of musical history uh to her gina jeffries and I'm, i can say honestly i'm not a big country music fan i'm not a you know 100 full-on I, I i like every bit of music are you that way Vanessa, do you like, I mean, yeah, it's mood for me. When I grew up, my dad is hardcore country music fan. And so when we grew up, I remember going on long trips uh, in the car and dad would put on, do you remember Hank Williams? Yep. Like so bad. Uh, but then lots of other country like John Williamson, uh, Johnny Cash, of course. So yeah. it was interesting to, uh, listening to Gina talk about Johnny. Um, but yeah, I do. I, the older I've got, we used to hate it when we were growing up, but now I've got a real appreciation for it. And mm. yeah, w- when Gina talks about uh, connecting to music, I think that's, yeah, that's relevant for me. There's a, um Alan Jackson song that uh, is called, I think it's just called Drive. And it's all about learning to drive with your dad on the farm. And there's some of the the moments that I remember that were really special to me with dad, you know, on the farm. So the only way you connect is doing those, you know, learning to drive the boat, those kind of things. It's the best way to drive on a farm because you have limited chances to hit something. My son's only just turned 21. He still doesn't have a license, still not interested in getting a license because he's got a, a chauffeur, I guess. I did put him behind the wheel once and the car just almost went into a tree. In, in a car park. So I'm like, man, I've got to get this guy. If he's ever going to learn to drive, I need a lot of space. Yeah, either a paddock or just pay for lessons. Pay for lessons. Yeah, yeah, done. yeah. Somebody else's car or put him in a Dodgem car to start. Maybe something simple with bumpers all around it. You get the, the lock on on when you get the lock on reverse and that one kid that's just doing Ueys oh, in reverse. Can't figure out how to turn the wheel back around. <laughs> stuck in the corner. That'd be him. <laughs> yeah, wasting be, his six bucks. He wouldn't be stuck in the corner. He'd actually go up. He'd wedge it somehow over the, over Launch the edge. It. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it's a, it's a, it was a it was a fun chat and uh, Gina was very easy to listen to. Yeah, she's amazing. I uh, My dad's going to listen to this one, I tell you that. Well, that's good. That's one. <laughs> All right, Vanessa, our guest now, here's, uh, here's a bit of background of where she was born. Okay, now it is on the uh, the crest of the Great Dividing Range and 700 metres above sea level. Any idea yet? No. It's nas- nationally renowned for the annual Carnival of Flowers in September each year. Sister cities of this place include Wanganui in New Zealand, I know I've pronounced that wrong, and Takasuki in Japan. Uh, there's a few other famous people too born in uh, in this place. Almost said the name of the place then. Uh, Sonia Kruger, Phil Cass. I don't know if you know Phil. He's a magician. Jeffrey Rush, Jonathan Thurston. It's 125 k's west of Brisbane, and it's the second most populous inland city in the country after Canberra. Probably a lot livelier too, and hence it's the largest city on the Darling Downs. It's also referred to the capital of the Darling Downs. Do you have any idea of this, Vanessa? It's not Toowoomba. It is Toowoomba. Ah, yes. (laughs) Yay. Toowoomba's pretty. I expected last time I went to Toowoomba or the first time I went, I expected it to be gross. I thought it was going to be a... um, Ipswich. Like a mining kind of, yeah, like an Ipswich vibe, but it's beautiful. It's a really pretty really place. Beautiful. Especially September when they have the carnival flowers. Everyone has gorgeous flowers everywhere. I remember when I first left Toowoomba and moved to Sydney uh, at first, um, I couldn't believe people don't all have their gardens with flowers and, you know, really proud of their gardens, and that's just Toowoomba. It's, it's just gorgeous. 
We are talking to Gina Jeffries, by the way. Now, <laughs> so we welcome, Hi. welcome, welcome to the coast show, Gina. Thanks for Thanks coming so on. Thank you. Toowoomba is not really a coastal town, but you know, we just figure there's so much water around, though. Everywhere's a water coastal town. It's all connected. Mm. The rivers go to the sea, Darren. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Gina, your career. Now, I got, I got a actually confession to make. Uh, country music. Um, I do sometimes listen to it. Surprisingly enough, it's a mood. I think it's a mood. It's a mood music for me. Country music, like for me, if I'm driving, I feel like I've got to listen to country music. Uh, yeah. And you'll always stumble across country stations, especially when there's your receptions further inland. Yeah. You know, but no, it's it's just such a a moody music. Yeah, I think for for me to associate with. Yeah, I I sort of think it's it's music about people, about our people. It's storytelling, and it's really relatable because you often will hear a country song, and it'll feel like it's about you. And I think that's why it's so popular. And I feel like it's going through a massive resurgence in Australia right now. And Luke Combs just announced a show. He's a massive uh, American country music star. It sold out in Australia in three minutes. I think three stadium shows. Uh, CMC Rocks sold out within about two minutes. It's a massive festival and it's having a massive uh, resurgence in popularity. I mean, for me, it was always popular, but, it, you know, when I was growing up in Toowoomba, I didn't even tell people I was a country music singer because, you know, I thought I'd get beat up at Toowoomba <laughs> State High. And uh, <laughs> But now it's cool. It's cool again. And, and I think that with country music, there's something for everyone. You know, if you don't really like your really traditional country, there's more you know, Keith Urban or Taylor Swift or those things that sort of sound a bit edgier. Who's your favourite country singer other than yourself, of course? <laughs> I thought you said someone who's riding a horse. <laughs> There'd be plenty. <laughs> I can't think of one that rides a horse. But uh, my favourite uh, favorite singer is Alison Krauss. Um, she's more of a bluegrass uh, style singer with, you know, banjos and fiddles and mandolins and things like that. I really like that. But I love Trisha Yearwood, Faith Hill. Um, in Australia, I'm a big Becky Cole fan, um, Casey Chambers. There's, there's a whole bunch of great Australian, um, you know, Max Jackson, a lot of new ones coming out. And, yeah, I, I like I like a lot. And I think, you know, we listen to a lot of really, really country at home. Really, really and that's cool. a lot of females that you just listed too. So that's pretty cool that they're all in your top list. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of blokes as well, but yeah, that's the girls. You know, there's Alan Jackson in the blokes. Um, Luke Combs is great. Keith Urban. Um, you know, I love, I love Keith. Um, everyone loves Keith. Keith gave me my when I back in um 1991, I won this thing called Star Maker in Tamworth, which is a big country music talent quest. And Keith Urban won it the year before me, and he gave me my award. And um, on that night, he had he had a blonde mullet like massive at the front and and like literally just bleach blonde and like a red jacket with spangles all over it. And I had hair, like I had a spiral perm and my hair was like, like my hair was bigger than my body. <laughs> it was back in the 90s when hair was big. Didn't matter if you were a bloke or a girl, hair was big. <laughs> He's had a pretty big makeover though, hasn't he, over the years? He's uh, He almost looks like a different person now. Yeah, he really does. Oh, he's really grown into himself, you know. He's, he seems... I mean, I only knew him back then and I did a little bit of touring with him back then, like so pre-massive fame. Um, and my husband, Rod, is a record producer, Rod McCormack, and, and when he used to go to Nashville, Keith used to sometimes say, yeah, jump on the bus with us for a while and hang out. That's that's before the massive fame hit. But I just think he's he's such a nice guy and I feel like just with age and kids, he's really grown into his skin and, and that's 
I think that's attractive, you know, when people just feel confident in who they are. And I think that's probably, he's the same person. He just is, oh, you know, he's got his hair looking gorgeous and he's got some really, I'm going to say really nice tats. I don't even like tats, but they look good on Keith Urban. So, yeah, he, he looks hot, you know, and he's he'd be fit, mid-50s, wouldn't he? Yeah. You're a big Keith Urban fan. <laughs> well, feels like it now I said all that, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think with anybody's fame like that, but people really don't know the background to them. They'll they'll see their public persona, but I know they do a lot of work with younger acts and musicians and that as well, which is, you know, I, I think that's a real humbling side of things that people don't know that. It's good within an industry that you'd know what he's doing to help other, other acts. I think it's pretty common, you know, that um, people in the music industry who have success generally do want to help others. It's like, I don't know, the people that I've noticed in country music, I know some great stories about Garth Brooks who, um, you know, one time on tour he was in his bus and he saw a, um, a car with a mum and kids had broken down with a flat tyre in front of his bus. So he pulled over and said, look, we can give you a ride to the next town if you want and, and bring the tire back for you. And he took her to the next town, just bought her a new car. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of the biggest touring artists in the world. He's massively rich. But I know there's lots of nice stuff. I mean, and for me personally, um, Johnny Cash took me out on the road when I was when I was 22, 23. And I was playing to like three or four people a night in a Sydney wine bar who hated country music. And then my uh, manager rang me and said, you've just been asked to open for Johnny Cash. So I literally went from three people who had a country music to 15,000, 20,000 people a night opening for Johnny Cash. And it completely changed my life. It like, I literally, my record went platinum. Like within a couple of weeks, my, my first album went platinum. And it was just like him, um, you know, tucking a new person, a new local person under his wing and gave me that that step up and that's a real consistent thing in country music. I do it now because Johnny Cash did it for me. I've always done it too. I've always taken out a young up and coming artist on the road with me. I can't do the Johnny Cash for them, but I certainly can expose people to my audience base. And, you know, in the back in the day, we used to take Adam Harvey and Becky Cole, Troy Cassidy, and now they're all massive stars in country music in Australia. And I'm back in the 90s. And now I take Max Jackson out, who's a beautiful young singer songwriter. And I just feel like, you know, such a part of being happy is paying it forward you know, being kind and, and if you can help people, help people out. Your son then, Jackson? Named his, after... his real name is Jackson and he hates being called Jackson, so we call him Jackie. Okay, but yes. was that after Johnny Cash, going to Jackson or not? Oh, that's, yes, I could say yes, but actually he's named after Jackson Brown, who's, a, okay. who's a, one of our favourite singer-songwriters. Uh, we named him after him. And, and now, funnily enough, my um, our son and my husband, as I said earlier, is Rod McCormack, who's a record producer and a really fine musician. Um, and Rod started out touring with Lee Kernigan um, back at the height, you know, when when country music was nuts in Australia. It's, it's hitting those heights again now. Um, and Rod was in his band. And now our son Jackie is in Lee's band. And it just um, is literally come this full circle. So Jackie's turned out to be a musician, which no one's surprised about. He grew up in a recording studio, but he plays guitar and mandolin and drums. And I, just downstairs at the moment, you might be able to hear him in his studio um, playing a banjo for the first time. I've, I've just walked in and heard it myself. <laughs> You've had banjos in your music, though. Oh, I love banjo is one of my favourite instruments. You know, I love banjo, mandolin, uh, acoustic guitars, dobro. And we've always in our house um, left instruments when Jackie our son was little we just left instruments lying around the house we always had a drum kit set up we always had a piano which was my nana's piano we'd leave a mandolin in the corner a guitar over there an electric guitar and and from about 
you know, as soon as he could walk, he could just go and touch instruments and, and pick up an instrument. And now he plays all of them, which, you know, it's, um, we're, we're super glad we did, but he's doing really well. He's touring, he tours in my band, he tours with Lee Kernigan, he tours with Bella McKenzie, Queensland girl, um, and, a, and a bunch of others. And super proud mum moment right now, but um, yeah, just, it's amazing how life turns that's out. Like, that's like our place. We've got, I've got, I'm looking now over there, there's a ukulele on the wall, we've got a guitar on the wall, we've got got uh, those jambe uh, sort of drum things over there, but I don't play them. They look, they look good. Not just microphones <laughs> and joke books, Darren. <laughs> no, that's on another show. Come on, kids, be funny. <laughs> My kids won't be taking after me, I know that. Uh, Have you had any trouble with creeps? I'm often interested in female performers, and I was telling Darren just about some just creepy situations that have happened uh, and talking to a lot of female performers, they they often have stories about men who feel entitled to be creepy to strong public figures. Oh, and not in that way so much. Yeah, no, I haven't had any of that Me Too thing or anything like that. What I have had is like when you say creepy, I've had some weird stuff like back earlier in my career. Uh, Rod and I had just bought our first house uh, back in ninety six or something like that and we just moved in and somebody parked at the front of our house and was playing girls night out which at the time was my love was the number one hit song for me and I was like ah, that was weird uh, and then um, a letter showed up at our house from someone and we'd only just moved in and uh, like it was a weird letter and you know what the letter was I've just remembered uh, this guy wrote me a letter saying um, dear Gina I know you're coming up to Brisbane the Riverside you know the Riverside theater there in Brisbane um, there's this beautiful gorgeous theatre where there's like a backstage area and then you walk underneath a tunnel to get up onto the backstage of the of the Riverside Theatre there. And he said, I know you're coming there on such and such a day. I'm going to meet you there because I have to save you. You shouldn't be marrying Rod. I think I must have been engaged. You shouldn't be marrying him because he's got long hair and he doesn't seem like a good person. And... <laughs> Or something weird, something like that. He didn't like his long hair. And he said, and here's where it gets really weird. He said, and I'm putting my own life at risk by writing to you now because the aliens can hear me. <laughs> oh, okay. There's your, but, there's your yeah. indicator of what's happening. But, yeah. But what happened was it was, wasn't like till years later that my manager went, oh, I remember that time at the Riverside Theatre uh, up in Brisbane and we had the police there and I went, what? And, and so they had just decided not to tell me. But back then, that guy had had um, written another letter which had been intercepted by, I think, my fan club president at the time. That feels weird to say. But she used to read, from that moment on, she used to read the mail before I opened it, uh, just in case. Back before, this is before um, mm. emails and even before, you know, Facebook and, you know, people could just reach out to you from anywhere in the world. And he he was had said, I am coming and I'll be there at this time. So undercover police came and were following me everywhere and I didn't even realise. Anyway, he didn't even show up. But that's the creepiest, weirdest thing ever. That's probably, you know, pretty hard to top. It's pretty <laughs> like super creepy. Yeah. The bodyguard story, you know, it's just a bit like like that uh, in the movie yeah. The Bodyguard with the uh, with the story. <laughs> Maybe you did meet the guy, but you don't know who it was. I feel like he would have made himself known. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never know. I'll never know. No. I'll gladly never know. And I don't even think about that anymore until you ask that question, Vanessa. Good one, yeah. Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, well, hang on. Well, Vanessa, do you get stalkers? Have you got stalkers? Uh, I have some online people who um, I've had to kind of pull up a little bit just with some kind of 
borderline creepy but very uncomfortable messages. Yeah, and I get yeah, just creep yeah, the odd creepy comment and stuff, but I I'm I'm very careful about even um engaging with people unless there's a big, you know, a lot of people around. But um yeah. Gina, what was Johnny Cash like as a person to work with? Hang out oh, with. Incredible. Yeah, he was this big big man like as, as you can imagine massive like and always wore the black suit and you know you never saw him in anything other than black and um we we didn't meet him on the first couple of nights and then eventually he came in and said hello I'm Johnny Cash <laughs> <laughs> of course he did <laughs> and met him and and then um at the time 60 minutes were doing a story on me and some other country uh, new country artists and he was just so complimentary and so lovely and kind and um I just wish I wish I could go back because June Carter Cash came out with him as well his wife who also was very well known and and Roseanne Cash was there and Chris Christopherson uh, was on that tour and it was just insane and I wish I wish that I had have shown more gratitude than I did. You know, I was so young and, and I'm really young in the head, you know, like so me at 24, 25 was like an 18, 17, 18 year old and me at this age is like a, you know, 25 year old. I'm just very, you know, young in the head and I'm happy to admit that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I wrote a song about him called Cash just saying how I'm so grateful and so thankful and I when we were in Nashville last time uh his his grave uh and and June Carter Cash they're buried side by side is is not far from where two of our best friends live in Hendersonville and so Cam and I went for a walk and she said do you want me to take you for a walk to see Johnny and June Carter Cash's graves and I went yes and we walked there and I just burst into tears and I was like you have no idea what you did for me Johnny you've you've got I wish I I wish you could hear me and I wish I could let you know that you completely put pointed my life in the right direction and, and you know, gave me it, more than I ever could have hoped for and, you know, just the gratitude and stuff. So me at this age now, I would be so full of love and so full of gratitude for him, but I was so shy back then that I, I feel like I didn't tell him enough how much it meant to me and, but he was just, you know, a quiet and 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 so beautiful. Chris Christopherson was there. He was a little more forward. Chris Christopherson was on the tour and he actually went in for like a pash on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, this is my mum asking, what was Chris Christopherson like? Oh, he was the, so she nice. She had the hots for him. <laughs> Your mum did. Oh, I can see why. He, he's like, yeah, he was very, very good looking. So when I was on stage in Sydney, which was probably the second I think it was the second concert of, of the tour and um, we started playing a song that my husband Rod and I wrote. Rod and I weren't even a couple at this point. I had a different boyfriend on, on tour with me. David was his name. And um, so but we were all on stage together playing a song that Rod and I wrote and then all of a sudden, and I'm brand new, no one knows me yet, you know, like I was, no, they only knew my name when they said, welcome Gina Jeffries and everyone's like oh who's this new person and the crowd we started playing this song the crowd went nuts and I'm like oh they really like this song <laughs> I'm just taking all the credit because I think that it's just a really <laughs> good song and then I turned around and Chris Christopherson walked on didn't tell us he just walked on behind us with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica and just started playing with us and the crowd went off their faces and it was just so exciting and we we hopped off the stage and I went, oh, my God, thank you so much. That was incredible. And he goes, yeah, I really like that song. And, I, and then he hopped on stage every night after that and played that song with us. And um, it, it just blew me away. And then at the at, towards the end of the tour, you know, we were just talking to him backstage. And backstage with Johnny Cash, you weren't allowed to have any alcohol. So usually 
you know, when you're touring as a musician, there's there's riders backstage, so there's alcohol backstage most times. You know, my I've got a usually a, a bucket full of wine and beer and you know whatever for my band and for me. But there was a very strict rule that there was no alcohol backstage. And Johnny actually brought his preacher with him. And at the end of the show every night, his preacher would go out with his Bible and sit on the front of the stage. And Johnny would announce, if any of you need to talk to whatever his name, I can't remember Father, whatever his name was feel welcome to come up to the front of the stage and he'll help put you on on your way. So people would line up to talk to his preacher with his Bible and Johnny obviously wouldn't come out, but, but he obviously had given up drinking and, you know, was on that road. But so that was the rule. This is the audience you're talking about to come up and talk to the preacher or the other. I was going to say the other entertainers would have been tough call for them to go. We're giving this up. (laughs) No, the audience will come up and talk to his preacher after every show. And, um, and, and big strict rule, you know, no alcohol backstage, but, uh, Chris Christopherson's, uh, (laughs) dressing room as you walk past, you, you would, a waft of something would, would slip under the, under the doors out into the hallways of, the, the entertainment center. So he was definitely, you know, playing by his own rules, Chris Christopherson. He, he wasn't taking that on. I don't remember if it was the last night or the second last night. He just came up to me and went to plant like a full on hash on. on <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa. And Rod, my husband now is like, that's fine. You are so allowed to hash Chris Christopherson. <laughs> world's best songwriting and all those hit songs he's written. Rod's like, but we weren't a couple yet. So I don't know how my actual boyfriend felt, but he, <laughs> he <laughs> just now, now see, it was, no, it wouldn't be this age because I was only 24 and that's probably why I did. But at this age, I'd be like, okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a big hug as well. <laughs> But yeah, that's my. I don't know why I was, told you this. He was probably trying to get a deal if he could get the song sung, or you know, sung by Chris Christopherson uh, that he yeah. liked. You know, you didn't, yeah, he, he, did, he wasn't done. interested in recording that song or not. Maybe that's what I could have traded that kiss for in hindsight. <laughs> Lost <laughs> opportunities. Oh, I needed you there. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a very. I can't manage my own career, let alone anyone else. <laughs> It's on the list actually to go uh, with my girlfriend and I to. I was been planned for a few years. Unfortunately, keeps stopping. You know, to Nashville and Memphis and and do the tour all along to New Orleans and all those musical places down there. Is it much different there than here? I know that a lot of Australian artists will go and record there and get that feel there. Uh, does yeah. it get reciprocated the other way, where you know maybe there's somewhere here that you get that same vibe or is it a vibe that's missing you just can't compare we don't we don't have that vibe so over there um you know as a songwriter there's songwriters over there a lot of them are just full-time songwriters so you and for us when we go over there to songwrite and record what happens is you're just immersed in country music and you know you're away from the day-to-day mundane activities of home so you can really focus and that's what I love about it and the musicians over there I mean, we have brilliant musicians here as well, but over there it's just, you know, the studios are endless, the musicians are endless. And the other thing about it is that any night of the week you can go out and see the most incredible act. You know, we were staying in Hendersonville with with our friends uh, last time we were there and it was a Tuesday night and Ricky Skaggs was on in the park, you know, and Ricky Skaggs is one of the biggest bluegrass artists on the planet. And, you know, we, we saw Deep Purple or something were on, in the, on at the river stage down by the river in Nashville on a, on a Wednesday night. And, you know, it's not just country music. Like there's incredible 
all the time. And so you can go on a Monday night to a honky tonk and see the most incredible band playing in the corner and people dancing. And it's just uh, people busking on the streets. You're just surrounded by, from people busking to absolute brilliance. And any night of the week, you can go and see something incredible. There's, you know, they've got a, a football team and an ice hockey team, and there's lots of sport to go and see as well. It's it's a really, really great place to go. I really recommend it. It's it's such a destination. It's, you know, the food is incredible. There's food from all over the world, um, but the, the music in particular. Funny fact, its biggest industry is publishing because of the Bibles. So oh. Nashville uh, is the Bible belt of, of America, and, um, you know, they're very religious. And a lot of them, um, you know, even some places we went when we when Rod and I were younger, you know, we'd rock up on a Sunday and, you know, take some beers and a bottle of wine with us like we do in Australia. And we wouldn't realise that some of them don't drink on Sundays at all. Or, you know, we drove through, one time we drove up to Dollywood to go and visit Dollywood and, and you know, do that little tour for fun. And there's dry areas in there where, the, where there's no, no alcohol drunk or or sold. And it's, it's, it's crazy. So it's crazy. It's, it's so different to Australia. And then Memphis, you know, Memphis, oh, my God, you know, you go there and the music and the food and the energy, you know, just walk down the street and it's it's it seems like a party, but it's kind of all the time. It doesn't really stop. And New Orleans as well. Um, and then you just, you experience if you do the Nashville, Memphis, New Orleans thing, the, the change in the musical styles as well. You know, it's like the influences and, the, you know, it's it's just incredible. It's something I really think should be on everybody's bucket list. If you love I had, music. I had been to New Orleans before and that's what I found. You could just bar hop and every bar yes. was just vibrant. And then you'd come back to Australia and think, well, we've got so many towns and so much space here. Surely yes. we could set up. You know, in these, I know Tamworth does it every year for two weeks or um, uh, yeah, just, for the just a week. Music. Yes. Oh, a week. There yeah. you go. It's even shorter. But I think when I was a kid, we went out there uh, on the way through. I had an uncle living in Tamworth, or a great uncle actually. But the big tent we we thought was the funniest tent was the religious tent there because it was all the hallelujah and hallelujah, and then you know that was that seemed to be our catchphrase in the family. Every time we thought of Tamworth, it was hallelujah. I've been going to Tamworth for over thirty years, and I've not seen the hallelujah tent there particularly. That might have been a thing that was happening many years ago <laughs> maybe I'm not just not looking for it but yeah I look Tamworth kind of touched on it at, at one point but and I went to uh Groundwater Country Music Festival just this last weekend up in um the Gold Coast and they had that feel you know that festival there was a ferris wheel and rides and stages and food and um was right on the beach and it really had a festive holiday uh you know music everywhere feel and that that was a little bit of Nashville there and really, really well done. But it's it's hard to create something, I think, I wish we could in Australia, but that's been going for so long. The thing is, you know, we go there all the time but we come back to Australia and you wouldn't live anywhere else. I mean, we just, you get home and there's nothing like Australia, you know, the space, the friend, obviously the friendships we have here, but the way we socialise and the, the relaxed uh, lifestyle that we have, you know, I, I don't think you can compare and, we, we love it there, but, man, you come home and you're like, oh, how, how good is Australia? How long have you been living on the coast for now? Have you been here uh, for a I've while? Been, or? Yeah, yeah, a, a long time. I moved to uh, Sydney when I was 22 from Toowoomba in Queensland and then uh, fell in love with Rod, you know, when I was 25 or 26. And uh, I was renting a place in Sydney with Becky Cole, another country singer, and uh, she was dating um, the guy that was living with Rod. <laughs> so we ended up just swapping and then I stayed <laughs> on the coast. 
<laughs> no way. Not swimming pads, swimming pads. And, um, Sounds like a country song. I, know, I was excited then. <laughs> I kept, it, it, it keeps going, uh, that, that story, if you want me to tell you. But, um, yeah, so I moved here probably, I was about 25 or 26. So I've actually lived on the central coast of New South Wales for longer than I lived in Toowoomba now. You're doing radio. People can hear you now on the radio in the mornings. How are you yes. finding getting up in the mornings? Oh, my God. So after, after being an entertainer doing nights and yeah. Staying up and winding down at night time, you've got to get up at what time? What time do you have to get up for that shift? I wake at four thirty and I'm up at ten to five. My alarm, my alarm goes up at ten to five, and it's it's um you know five days a week. I've never had a job ever. Um, I mean, I hairdressed for a little while when I was in Toowoomba when I was young, and but I always knew I was going to move to Sydney and I was going to be a singer, and that, I had no doubt in my mind that was going to happen, and you know the whole career would take off. But I I went in um to fill in on radio, which I've done about two times or three times in my life. I did it once in Toowoomba in my hometown and um, and I've done it a little tight, but not a lot. And I was filling in on radio here because someone was sick or whatever. And they rang me at the last minute and said, can you come in tomorrow morning? We, we really need someone to co-host. I went, sure. And by the end of that day, the radio station had called me and offered me a job. And they said, you don't want a full-time job in radio, do you? And my instinct was no, because I'm already so busy. I tour, I've got a school where I teach, um, you know, I mentor young up-and-coming artists and I've got staff that teach little kids and we do guitar, piano and recording. And, you know, this business, um, the workshops is, you know, takes a lot of my time and touring and I songwrite. And I was like, ah. but then I thought, say yes and then figure it out later. So I said, Sure. Like he's thinking, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I'm so glad I did. I, I can't even tell you how much I love it. I Because Rabbit, it's called the Rabbit and Gina show. Um, and he is so funny. Usually by half past six in the morning, I have cried tears of laughter. He makes me laugh so hard. And it's the best thing in the world to start every day laughing and it's just so good for your soul and we have people calling in all the time going oh my god you make my day you know you cheer me up or it's I tune in and I'm you know it's it's just been amazing we we just won the ratings on the coast and um can you slip one of your songs in every now and then or not <laughs> I wish well it's not a country station it's not a, but <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter music goes over it shouldn't matter you know? I know right well when I release new music they're pretty kind so I've got a new song coming out soon that I'm going to go, Ooh, and they will, they'll play a little bit. But it's, you know what radio's like these days? It's programmed. There's a radio programmer and we really have very little say over what music is getting played, but we have all the say about what we're going to talk about and stuff like that. And, um, but, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll slip something in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to work somehow. Don't tell them, just do it. <laughs> Your job's so, safe. This song, this sounds nice. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Five five golden guitars. Come on, you you got to you got to be able to have some pull there to put something on. <laughs> yeah, well, Rod, my husband's got more than me. Uh, he likes to remind me. And look, five's not a lot considering how long I've been in the industry. But I I took twelve years off to be a mum, and I stepped out completely <laughs> from the industry. Do you remind yeah. him of that every time he yeah. counts his? Yes. How absolutely. many has he got? Oh, I don't like to count them. You know, um, <laughs> soft spot. <laughs> a lot more, a lot more than me. Um, well, we we sold the house and we're and we're in the middle of moving, so they're packed in a box somewhere. We've only got one out. There's one behind me somewhere. Can you see it there? Yeah, yeah there's one yep. little Wes Wally moment right behind oh. me there. Well, they're quite um, small, aren't they? 
oh, they're about that. And they're very heavy. They make a so, great doorstop. This they're... is a podcast. So that's about how, how many inches tall is that? Oh, oh. Twice the size of a mobile phone, twice okay. the size of a mobile oh, okay. phone. All right. yeah. But yeah, Rod's definitely got more. But yeah, like I said, I took I took 12 years off to be a mum and I just sort of stepped out of the spotlight and didn't want to miss any cricket games or football games or, um, you know, help Jackie way too much with his homework and stuff and he never studied or anything like that. So, But anyway, he's a good kid. <laughs> I was going to say, all these businesses now in Tamworth of, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but they've all they've all flowed on having golden awards. I mean, even the Plumbers Award in Tamworth, the best plumber for the year ends up winning a golden shower. <laughs> so it's going to be too much for this podcast. <laughs> Did you write while you were having time off raising your son? Yeah, yeah. I didn't stop songwriting. That's something that's hard to stop. Um, I've usually got songs on the radio that I wrote that's not me singing. So, um, yeah, I've I kept writing and I kept teaching. So my I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't want to just stop and you know eat bonbons and um, well, it was you know lovely to have time to take Jackie to the park and, and do all those things when I was little and then never miss anything at school. I started up the Gina Jeffries workshops, which I mentioned earlier. Um, that's where I mentored or artists who are getting ready for touring or they're getting ready to record or and then there's little ones like from five and six year olds learning to sing and we do guitar and you know every instrument and all that kind of stuff and I started that up 14 years ago uh, and yeah and that's been very rewarding and, and lots of fun which is why I write so many songs because I'm writing a lot of songs for those artists that's been a real absolute joy just trying to help Trying to teach people all the stuff I wish I knew, you know, that nobody told me. I just learnt very publicly what not to do. And I just try and pay it forward and see every single trick that I know in the industry, I'll teach them. And then even now, stuff I get wrong, you know, I'll, I'll say to my, it's it's all girls at the moment except for one boy, but I'll say to the girls, oh, look, on the weekend at the festival I just played up at Grandwater, I did this wrong. So just so you don't remember to do this or, you know, whatever. So I just try and really with all my heart, help young up-and-coming artists. And a lot of them are doing really well. You know, I've got the, some of them have got music being played um, on Home and Away or Netflix series in America. Uh, one's just signed with Sony in Australia. Um, lots of them are, you know, number one songs. Um, and Max Jackson just won Starmaker, Toyota Starmaker. And, yeah, we're having a lot of success with it. You know, lots of them are, are doing really, really well. And I just love it. It feels like I've got, you know, lots of kids and who I just adore. Is that available on your website to check out if people want yeah. to do that? Yeah, and, and now because of Zoom, we've got students from all over Australia. So I've got a national songwriting class and a national vocal class and um, and I mentor one-on-one on Zoom people from all over Australia. I even have a Nashville student and, and one in LA, and I just love it. It's sort of my thing is based a lot around kindness and gratitude and, um, you know, we do a bit of manifesting and, and a lot of it's really good, just, you know, microphone technique and, you know, how to write a song and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of a bit, little bit holistic and, um, yeah, I really love it and I meet, I've met some beautiful, beautiful humans. Music is so bloody good. You always Isn't need that? music in the house. We, we always have music on more than television yeah yeah we do too and sometimes we like silence because it's there's so much music we just need to <laughs> <laughs> we're listening not playing it we'd love to play we've yeah. got friends who are musicians that come over and I, I forced them to play i said right okay, come on start playing i'll i'll strum along with you but you do all the good shit i'll do yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, it's fun for us because Jackie's a musician as well, so sometimes we'll just rehearse here and the three of us will play and, um, you know, I just sometimes I just think... I was talking to Rabbit actually on the radio the other day saying, you know, my family is not... Sometimes I feel a bit of, I guess, envy for those families that, you know, do family dinners all together and sit around the table and talk about their day and, uh, you know, do all the lots of family holidays and things like that and my life is not like that but I'm so lucky that my life is my son is on stage with me and, you know, Sunday we just stood on the stage in front of about 5,000 people and did a show and, you know, and, and Rod's on the stage with me as well and we get to share this music thing and, you know, we get to, it's it's very different to traditional kind of family life. Love my life. Yeah, really appreciate you taking time too to, to have a chat. It's my pleasure. It's been so lovely to talk to you both. Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice to meet you, Gina. Thanks so much. You too. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. I could listen to that again. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to listen to it again. What a somebody you don't hear of anybody who's met such significant people like Johnny Cash. You don't even have to be a country music fan to appreciate his craft. And yeah, so she was amazing, just the story. She just seems like an everyday chick. Uh, with an amazing history of music and performing, and that's that's the thing. Workers keep working. Like, yeah, you know, that, that, that's there's a lot of people that sit back on what they've done, but to keep going and and keep working, it motivates you, I think, and gives you pleasure and gives other people pleasure too. I love that she said that she teaches uh, in her school, uh, not just instruments but also teaches them about manifesting and i'm a big fan of manifesting but so i'm going to take the rest of the day off and just manifest for the rest of the day so listed in the description of the episode all the links uh to gina's stuff as well as our own socials so you can keep in touch with all of us leave us a review a good one we don't want to hear your bad ones we're not interested thanks